Welcome to the Pure Podcast with House Smith and Mr. Zolo. Keeping it lit for the mid. Yes, sir. And this place is special to me. It's special to the guys that I played with. It's special to the guys that played before me because we love Michigan. Swinging a fly ball. Left field and deep. It's way back. of the Wolverines, the Bad Boys, the Red Wings, and the Honolulu Blue. The team, the team, the team. It's time for the PMP. It's time to go to work. Giants up for Detroit, a lovely city. Welcome to the Pure Podcast, episode three. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here with the one and only Mike Palazzolo, a buddy's buddy, a football guy, a Michigan guy. How you doing, Mike? House, I'm good, man. I'm excited for this weekend. What about you? How you doing? It's it's rivalry week. Everything is that an added intensity makes makes the week go by a little bit faster on rivalry week. It's not your traditional Spartan weekend for me. Be watching it from a foreign country. But uh, no, it's it's not your traditional matchup this year. What are your initial feelings going into the weekend? Yeah, on paper, you'd think everything's going to go the maize and blue way. But you and I, in particular, are two dudes that have seen a lot over the last 10 years. Were you in the stadium last year? Of course. Oh, of you course. still feel it. In I wouldn't, wouldn't forget it. Well, I'll, I'll never forget that in my entire life. I still feel it. And I, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I'm lucky we didn't watch it on TV because – Every time I hear Sean McDonough's voice on Monday Night Football, I just think of the trouble with the snap thing. So it's 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 going to be interesting this weekend. I think, like I said, on paper, you'd think Michigan would would trample them, but Michigan State's going to come to play. It's it's their it's their Cotton Bowl. It's their Rose Bowl, they, and they they're going to play dirty. They're gonna they're gonna fight till the death, and it's that's the identity of a D'Antonio team. It is. It's the identity of the the D'Antonio team since our our stretch of demise that began in 2000, 2012 or two thousand eight, sorry, um, with Rich Rod, as they coincidentally have risen to power in the same time that we were down in the dumps. It seems like we've got order restored. It seems like every time you start to get nervous and think that they're going to play their best game, then remember that we have pretty much every matchup on the field, top to bottom, in our favor. They're right when Spartan fans will recoil with a, hey, all, all bets are off in a rivalry game to an extent. We just saw how that happened with uh, uh, the Nittany Lions this weekend. Uh, anyone can win any game, but I just don't see it happening. Hey, God bless the Nittany Lions, by the way. God bless them. Oh, I was so fired up. I wasn't watching the game. And I woke up to... So you were blindsided by it. I saw some tweet 
the field goal wasn't the last play. So it's like, watch Penn State take the lead. Mm-hmm. Starts to race because it doesn't necessarily say they win. Yeah. So did, you didn't get a chance to flip it on. You just, no, you just so woke it, up. Flip it on, so, but I immediately, I, I, I switched from phone to computer. I need to get the full recap. And, oh, it was just, what a gift. And you want to talk about things being lit. How about the whiteout? After they blocked that punt and went the distance, and they just go to the oh, oh, oh. yeah, and that it's, was- it's one of the most heralded heralded crowds in college football is that Saturday night whiteout that they get. It's 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 legendary, and they they did their part. They did, they did and- their part. Uh-huh. That's one knock I'll give the Michigan alums, the you know the old men that don't want to get out of their seats to do the wave. Is if we decreed a maze out, it's very difficult to get it maze. It maze is a difficult color. But it would be very difficult to get everybody in the stadium to wear maize, which I've always kind of had an issue with. Yeah, you got to give them a little credit. Yeah, I mean, I don't ever think there's going to be an equivalent at Michigan Stadium. I think our our thing is more going to be dominating football games and winning championships can be our thing. Um, I I gotta say the one thing it did you got the little bit of a hint after the Wisconsin game, but. Don't look now, but the Ohio State Buckeyes look to be very human and beatable. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't come from the loss itself because Michigan still has to go into Columbus and win. But like you said, after Wisconsin, or going into the Wisconsin game, gun to my head, Michigan-Ohio State in the, in, on the, uh, what is it, the 26th this year? Michigan-Ohio State, gun to my head, going into the Wisconsin game, I'm picking Ohio State. Oh, yeah. But then you start to see, the doubt starts to creep in because – they struggled with that Wisconsin front, and we know Michigan has a good one. And then the doubt is in full-blown effect right now after what Penn State's front seven just did. And you so just you think Michigan can get the job done. You just said it. I mean, it's a pretty much unparalleled environment. And I think even the Alabamas of the world could lose. I mean, maybe not that. In, a, in an environment like that, and we got them at home. But – that being said, it was still two teams just playing football on the field, and that Nittany Lions team was never in the game against Michigan. And no. Ohio State struggled, man. They can't – they don't move the balls consistently. Um, I've, I've talked to some other – I work with – I have a few coworkers that went there and are big Buckeye fans, and it's just big stretches of time where the play calling seems questionable, and they just – if. If JT Bear can't get it going and get in a rhythm early, they just start to fall into him running too much. And I don't know. It looks like uh, I, I, I didn't want to believe, and we spent a huge majority of the last podcast talking about how Michigan could get in with that one loss. Just kind of train that that's going to happen. But, man, if we can make it by this weekend, I like our chances. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. We'll, get, we'll, we'll do our final thoughts on state, but – Got a couple guests on the pod today. We got one, Rob Hatcher. Met him initially as we spoke a few pods ago. Um, our first interaction was actually umpiring a game together. <laughs> and we he actually <laughs> he broke his cherry first game behind the plate with me. And we have it's simply known amongst our circle of friends as the worst call ever made. Because <laughs> I was standing on the first baseline. And he, no, granted, they're little, the little leaguers, and they're lobbing it in a little bit. And if you're new, it's tough to get your strike zone for any first time up. But he <laughs> rung this kid up on a ball that was way over his head, 
way over his head. And I could see perfectly for the first base and like landing in his mitt and everyone in this, I swear to God, I could still feel the silence and shock. <laughs> that moment, it got so bad. And he went on to, uh, first game, he went on to, um, I think he still might do it. Great, great umpire. Um, but I just remember that vividly. The first base coach started filming him because they wanted to report it to the league. <laughs> but all-time great guy. Um, he is a he is a youth football coach. He's the defensive coordinator for Holy Family. He's gonna win. He's the consummate pro. Yeah, he's the consummate pro, and he's got this party inside from a, a Spartan fan weighing in on how this collapse was going down in the state of. of the Spartan dogs. And then we got a um, longtime best friend since seventh grade, former All-State punter, Josh Patton weighing in as well, one of the funniest dudes I know. So we'll, we'll kick it to these two interviews, and then uh, we'll come back and recap. podcast special guest coming to you live from Birmingham Michigan Rob Hatcher on the phone how you doing buddy I'm just great man how you doing boss it's uh it's an honor to have you on the show now the pure pod has generally had a bit of a Michigan slant but that doesn't mean we discriminate against buddies from all fanship sure Hatch is a coach for the Holy Family football team, right? How's the the, whole, the Holy Family Wildcats, baby? How, how's Wildcat football? Uh, it seems like it's just an absolute blast to coach your son and these guys. But how's oh, it going? I love it! I love these kids. It's the best. Um, we actually just wrapped the season up. Uh, oh, the season's three, over. The season is over. Yep, we uh, hit them up for three, three, and two. Not the best win percentage, but is there other playoffs? There are no playoffs. There are playoffs for the eighth grade only in the CYL. Okay. And what grade is he? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Okay. Yeah, that's Sorry. early though. I'm sure the parents bring up that sort of concussion stuff all the time. Is that a huge deal? Actually, you'd be surprised. Um, we haven't really dealt with any concussions. I think we had one in the two years I've been coaching, and it was uh, fairly recently in a team we played that had some kids juking the rules. So they were literally – on the weight limit they were brought uh -oh. down from the sixth grade so he uh tuned up one of our fat kids and the kid what kind of a lesson are you teaching your son at that level if you're bending and bending rules for youth football uh the lesson to be learned is low man wins you won't get a concussion if you're lower than the other guy that's the i love that spoken like a true defensive coordinator absolutely now, first thing is how much of a difference from i guess fourth grade to fifth grade could you get with how advanced of play calling you can do uh it's night and day from fourth to fifth grade actually fourth grade there are two coaches on the field for offense and defense and fifth grade we are relegated to the sidelines oh okay so it's the big boys now big boys we have our fancy headsets and i actually <laughs> signal i signal all the plays in so, so you've got a kid i guess fifth you got a kid that knows all the plays enough by symbol that you can relay it in he knows all the plays, and I uh, use hand signals to get him in there. And then when I need to audible, I'll scream. So you're calling every every play yourself? Yep, calling the base defense, the shifts, blitz? the blitzes. Oh, yeah, they blitz. Were you bringing the heat this year or what? 
Yeah, my particular favorite, along with the kids' favorite, is our cash blitz, <laughs> named after Johnny Football, and the symbol is the money sign oh, from the sidelines. When you flash that, all the kids get to jump in their step. That's what <laughs> life's about. That is what life, life's about. Now, the one story I wanted you to tell, which was great when we talked about this early in the season, tell me about the kid who it wasn't clicking last year but just wanted to play defense with Coach Hatcher and then, at least at the beginning of the year, appeared like he was going to be a beast. Tell me oh, about Lord. that. That would be my man, Jaden. Uh, Jaden played for us last year and was kind of a washout. Um, wasn't really engaged at all just kind of a space cadet and didn't play much was really running up against the play minimums uh, his parents were big complainers last oh, year i'm um, sure <laughs> it's to be understandable they they just wondered why his kid wasn't ever playing and our head coach didn't really have an answer for him so fast forward a year this year the kid was an absolute monster for me um i believe that he was feeding off my energy i will take the credit for that oh no um, doubt I got, intensity I got on defense is everything you got to i yell a lot you know i'm the I'm the pistol out there. So I got the kid fired up. He absolutely flattened a couple guys on our starting offensive line. Uh, so I, I threw him at the, you know, boundary side defensive end, and he oh. was just mangling people. Well, the issue with that was he enjoyed it so much that he would just check out when he was playing uh, offensive guard. Right. And uh, old Coach Campbell, national champ for U of M. Oh, yeah. NFL player. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact, Coach Mark Campbell, the tree. Uh, he's like, guy, you know, yeah. What's going on with you? You're not doing anything on offense, you know. I, I need you out here. What do you What do you want to do? Just play defense? And he said, yes. I guess Mark wasn't expecting that. He's like, well, I guess you can go with Coach Hatcher then. And that was it. So I had to actually talk to Jaden again and let him know that, hey, you know, you can deliver those blows from both sides of the ball. And uh, we got that worked out, and he had a nice little season. He was a nice little plus player for us. I love to hear that. While there are some generational talents like Jabril Peppers play both ways, we won't go there. But I think that most people are either offensive or defensive guys. The offense, that's the correct. learn the playbook, do everything exactly by the route, or the guys that just like to react and fucking go after it. The defensive right. guys. The hunters, you got it. <laughs> the hunters. Uh, how'd Shea do this year? Uh, Shea, you know, Shea did... Fucking great. How, how is Shea. he small? I mean, how is he size wise compared to the other guys? He's the smallest kid on the team. So he weighs in at about 68 pounds soaking <laughs> wet. The weight limit for our league is 140. Our biggest oh, kid, man. our, our biggest double. kid was 130. Yeah, over, over double. We played some kids who were 140, but Shay played most of the year around 67 pounds. Oh, man. The heart of a champion. Yeah. So he started out playing on the boundary side corner. And he did real well there, and he got the promotion to play safety. So oh. I had to move him back in safety. Um, people will say defensive coordinator dad wants his kid to play safety, and while that is true. You get that privilege if you're there and practice every day, sir. Absolutely, but I'm not the one that made the suggestion or the move. Right. That'd be uh, NFL vet Mark Campbell told me I should explore that. And hey, yeah, you know, you count but, those qualifications, sir. I got a, I got a, you know, nearly all pro tight end national champ telling me to move the kid back. Hey, who am I to say no? So is it, uh, what is the, I got, do you have a moment that stands out in terms of the crazy parent or coach just taking things way too fucking seriously? <clears throat> um, crazy coach. Yeah. I, uh, I got a 15 yard unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct penalty. You did? After, I did. Yes. After I had Let the boys a, play. 
Yeah, exactly. I got a sideline warning for defending the honor of my nose tackle who was getting fucking pile drive every single play. So I uh, merely asked the referee nicely as I would want to be addressed. So you watch out for it. You took you took the opportunity, yelled in the middle of the game, Cletus! Exactly. And told him to call the game fair or you'll go to the papers. Exactly. <laughs> I just said, hey, let's let's just watch out for that, all you right? You think you're he's in like, the grave, coach. He's like, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, <laughs> I love it. Speaking Post of forward. digging graves, let's talk about the Sparties a little bit this year. That was that Real- was a lovely that was a lovely transition, huh? <laughs> lovely transition. You can't write it up. When you got chemistry, you got chemistry, and we already knew that was gonna happen. Absolutely. So, well We don't have this- to spend too much time here, but what do you think? You're obviously I'm watching them in pieces, you're watching most of their plays. What is what is what happened? How did it happen so fast? I'm actually not watching most of their plays because it makes me want to fucking vomit. Ugh. So that's where we are on that. I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this thing, but hey, you just yes. got it. There's, do you think there's rules on the Housemith podcast of what you can't there, say? There's no rules. There's <laughs> no. no rules. We make the rules. We do. Um, this is, you know, it's been a slow decay for years. The issue is the loyalty that, you know, it's a gift and a curse. It's going to be the death of our Mark D'Antonio if he doesn't adapt, which he has proven in the past that he is willing to cut the head off of his friend right. to move forward. Well, that's what, Dan- that's what I thought is the answer. Some of those coordinators have been there 10 years, right? Yeah, these guys, nobody fucking wants them. These are coordinators that would only be coordinators here because they are friends with Mark D'Antonio. We have a couple of guys that had gotten offers last year, I believe. Our quarterback's coach was offered the – OC position at Vanderbilt, right? And uh, we wouldn't let that happen, so we paid him. But our uh, we have co-offensive coordinators on the you know offensive side, and we have co-offensive and co-defensive coordinators. The defensive coordinators are Harlan Barnett, who played defensive back for the Spartans, played a little in the NFL, and Jim Fucking Bowman, who was run out of Ohio State. Yeah. And resurrected out of Purdue by Coach Antonio because they have a long history. Those Ohio boys. But, but they don't stick you think that the is it is it that kind of loyalty that built the program up so quickly? There was such an elite status from years of of eight win seasons to all of a sudden ten wins being expected. Is it that kind of loyalty? And because that's if that goes, does like his message go, or what's the deal? No, it, it, the program was built on certain values and. When you have guys that people want, they get snapped up. Narduzzi laps. Like I said, it was Coach D'Antonio's system all along. Well, that's going to happen when you have an yeah. a, a all-class coach like that. There's going to be a carousel. Yeah, but this is a business. This is not show friends. This is show business. You right. need to go out there and get coordinators. There's no reason why IU should have a better offensive coordinator from you. That guy will get a better job somewhere. That's how this game works. You find them. You find the talent. You pay the talent. And then you let it go when it has to go. Then you Find someone else. I was reading that Harbaugh literally went to the paper, looked at the rankings. Who's the best defensive coordinator in the country? The guy from Boston College? Okay, let's fucking pay him. Oh, pay that man. That I, I was trying to think of a comparison in the in the documentary The You Part Two, when like Larry Coker takes over and they're like, Larry was a great coach because he just didn't stay do the anything. fuck out of the way. <laughs> the exactly. Fuck out stay the, way. the stay the fuck out of the way. Yeah. That is uh if I can just step in here for a second. That is another good fifth grade story. Um, the defense, the starting defense is called the Hit Squad. Um, oh, they love yeah. it. That's their nickname. And 
the pre-snap cheer when they need to get fired up uh, from the U part one. Shay will yell, kill, kill, kill. And the rest of the defense will yell, murder, murder, murder. I no ref- way. Yes way. I had the a ref ask me that. about it. That's the question. The parents know that and they don't say shit. Kill, 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 murder, murder, murder. That's because what we, we need out of these kids. It gets them fired up. So uh, It's, it's safer uh, than the video games that are teaching them to kill. You know? Yeah, I don't, I, you know I don't what they're doing with your hands. Most of these kids aren't playing video games during the football season. The parents pretty much let us do whatever we want because we, you know, we're doing good things for these boys. We keep them disciplined, and uh, it's all in all, it's a win-win for everybody. So they don't really say shit about anything that we do or say. But as far as Michigan State to, you know, downshift back to that. Yeah. Um, well, first day in the loyalty, defense. How much of this is Narduzzi, and how much of this is is the I don't, players that get I, in? Honestly, I'll tell you about the defense here. Seems to be, you know, my specialty. The defense for the first, you know, more than few games, we're hanging tough three-plus quarters. But you can't be on the field the entire game. So you're seeing them just run out of steam. I mean, we're down. We've kicked some D linemen out of school, some transferred. So that group is thin. They need breaks. They can't lose every third down. So, you know, you start getting some young guys in there. You got start getting some injuries at linebacker. Then, you know, they're they're fighting the good fights. Yeah. The offense. The bullseye is right on the offense because they can't fucking do anything. Like, it, I just, it's, it's just I so frustrating. Some- some troubling stats this morning. I, the one. Oh, you got stats, huh? I have some stats. I was gonna save this for discussion. I'll, I'll, de- I'll de- either delete this out or put whoever has the better conversation in. Because I was, re- they were breaking down some of their offensive stats, and oh, they, they're fucked. There essentially, no some some of the shocking ones are only twenty two percent of drives have gone to the red zone. Right, <laughs> they're one hundred and seventy seventh in the in the country on that. And they're going against the Michigan defense, who's first. Um, they're only averaging 12, 12 possessions a game. Yep. Um, ninety rushing yards. Here's the one that that was is crazy. Okay, so they did you enjoy? Six, did you enjoy that? You've been waiting all day. Did, did you enjoy that? What? You enjoyed dropping that science on me, didn't you? Oh, I do love it. I mean, I've I've since the minute I got to the University of Michigan, we've been state's bitch. The entire time I've actually been a Wolverine, so it's I I'm do this. <laughs> You're giddy. You're giddy right now. You're giddy right now. Um, so the crazy stat is they averaged six point six yards on first down, so they're second and four, and yet they're facing on average third and eight. So something yeah. doesn't add up. The other fucking up. I think it's the quarterbacks can't really make the throws. I think they got. What the glue that held the program together for this stint was the ability to keep finding good quarterbacks. I yeah, mean, you've absolutely. Got two I guys mean, in the league right now. Um, if you go back, there, there's more than two guys. If you go back to the Rose Bowl year, starting. I believe we were second in scoring offense in the Big Ten. And a lot of the fuckface homers will tell you that we should, you know, give this guy some time because we had second, you know, highest scoring offense in the Big Ten. Well. By and large, Big Ten isn't a high-flying offensive league. We could have been the first or second scoring offense in the fucking nation if we had somebody competent calling the place. I, I, I think if was Michigan it as State, the as the play calling been a, a problem for a while? It's abysmal. Yeah, it's been like that for a while, and like I've last always year been. Too, or was it just bad, like masked by better players? Masked by better players. You had a magician and Connor Cook pulling off, you know, seventy-five percent of his third-down conversions, and he was seeing the same third and eight putting him through impossible windows. I mean, he had two NFL players on the line, two NFL wide receivers, and then, you know, an NFL running back. So it's just 
that can mask the shittiest of play calling because they just go out there and get it done. Right. This is what this is what happens when you don't have, you know, we have, you know, a lot of talent on this squad. It's just they're young. You know, you got to call to their strengths. I mean, if you, you know, that's the biggest some, thing. You have to yeah. adjust, and only good coaches can do that. You can't just. It reminds me of Al Borges a little bit, like just calling the wrong plays for the wrong guys. I understand it would work if you had your guys in there, but you don't. And you got to adjust. And, and it, it, the guys it didn't, really, can't make it didn't work that well throws. when we had our guys. It didn't really work that well when we had our but guys. But if you don't have a guy that can make NFL throws, you can't keep asking him to do that. The thing that fucking really chapped my ass was the BYU coach tweeting that after the game that there was nothing we ran that they weren't prepared for. I mean, that's just fucking disgusting. They, they, yeah. they were facing the – BYU had the 107th ranked pass defense in the league, and <laughs> we threw the ball eight times – <laughs> on the first drive and scored and then did not throw again for the rest of the game. So Well literally didn't throw sense. again? Literally, I mean there may be one or twice, but for the they at one point ran thirteen straight runs. And for a team averaging what, twelve possessions a game, that you know, there you go right there. So if they're I might be off one or two, but they're definitely in that BYU game, they did oh. not fucking pass. Two thousand twelve and two thousand thirteen were there's a lot of attrition. And some swings and some misses in those 2012 and 2013 classes. So, but that that doesn't you know well, you think that shouldn't be. It's part of like okay, the guys that are are playing now, they were always Rose Bowl guys. Like they didn't have to build it from scratch like some of the other guys and appreciate how it was done and made. Yeah, it exactly. There's some of that you know. Some of, like Coach D'Antonio said, some of these guys were born on third. A lot of the seniors are the problem. Um, fuck them. Fuck them. They need to go. Yeah, like, they, uh, this, like the one thing I mean, I th- that they always were, and I hated it, and I, that they were just like a bunch of badasses that always kind of like had this playing together for fucking Antonio chip on their shoulder that they just don't seem to have. All I don't the know badasses, where that goes. all the badasses are either in the NFL or they were booted off the team or transferred schools. I mean, Malik McDowell, that guy just gets me rock hard. I'll tell you what. He's yeah. a plus player. He's going to be a top five NFL draft pick. Yeah, for sure. Fuck, he can't do it all. It's just the senior class. I mean, the, the leaders left, and then we got these three motherfuckers as captains right now that are pretty much looking at losing their, their positions. I mean, you're going to have three captains co- being captain on the sideline. It doesn't really clipboard work guys. So well. clipboard guys. Um, need that's clipboard why guys. I have uh... – of the 22 starters, I have 21 matchups going in the Wolverines' favor with McDowell being the, with the lone guy. He's got to be uh, tired of carrying the load on D because it seems like he's the only one. Well, they had some injuries to linebackers too, right? You know, I don't even know what to say to that. That is just quite a damning statistic right there. <laughs> it is. And I'm so nervous because D'Antonio literally staked his whole record, his whole reputation. Started what do you guys carry? Do you, guys like carry you guys carry two tight ends? Yeah. Price is better than your second tight end. Oh, our, but fuck me! It doesn't matter because we don't know how to use our them, motherfuckers. Third best tight end is amazing. We don't throw to our tight ends, and when we do, it works. So we stop doing it. Um, Who the fuck knows why. It's uh, it's it's an impressive thing to see. I I really do feel if they because did you see any of the Ohio State game? Ohio State, Penn State. Yeah. Or what's uh, no? I did. I did not see any of that. They no. just seem a lot more human than I thought, and I trying to manage my expectations, but it really feels if they can figure out a way to win in East Lansing, which they should, absolutely. You would think but, so, right? Yeah, I mean, it. anything could happen there. That's what I'm... 
the main thing they just have to do, I think the Wolverines need to weather the storm because they're going to come out hot and fired up and the crowd will be into it. But they just, again, 11, I think 21 to 22 in their favor. So we'll I'm see. just crashing and clawing here. What about uh, Corley? He's got to be better than one of your wide receivers. Um. Well, we got the two all Big Ten guys and then the best tight end in the nation. Um. So maybe, maybe he is. Your safeties are for shit. I know they're not. They're not plus players. Your safeties aren't aren't that good. The Ours safe, aren't either. But it's matched by Monte Nicholson is better than your guys. I mean, Stribling, the second best guy, is gonna play. Yeah, but we're talking about a one. We're talking about a one for one now. And Monte Nicholson oh, yeah. is better than both your safeties. So that's so you've two got players. a safety that's better than both our safeties. Yes. Well, we'll we'll find out. <laughs> Hey, I'm I mean, just saying, you, you want to do, do a one-for-one? One? You want to do a one-for-one one here? I'm just saying, Monte's better than both your safeties, and you know your safeties are dog shit. I'm not going to pretend I know every player like I don't know who Monte is, so that's but hopefully... But you, you did know them well enough to rank them all against each other. I did. Well, I was going based on the number one best secondary in the nation as a whole unit, I guess. Okay, that... But we're, we're looking at all the starting <laughs> positions here, right? This is where I need my co-host who has all these stats. I'm in a vacuum. Yeah, you're on an island. And Mike's safety's, the stat guy. <laughs> safety's play in a vacuum, and that is how they get fucked. You know, that's our been our problem. I mean, the one thing was we got beat over the top a couple times against Colorado with basically good a couple players. times. Let's talk about that game for a second here. Let's let's okay. bring it down to earth a little bit here. Okay. Um, you guys were given two special teams touchdowns in that game, and you were still losing by what twenty one points in that game. Yeah. You needed it, you needed the QB to go down, or you would have lost that game. Admit it. I, I don't want to think about what happens with that, if that quarterback doesn't get hurt. What but that's does, the thing. That's the thing. It did happen, and you did win. So it doesn't even fucking we, matter, right? We're first of all, due for those bounces. One of those you are. bounces. But you are. The, the thing, the defense, I'm not sure what was going on over the top. I think what happens if they find a good quarterback who can, who can throw it over the top, maybe they're in trouble. But the big time doesn't seem to have any of those guys. Even JT Barrett can't fucking throw the ball. Um, I don't know about certainly that. Certainly not I mean, in East Lansing. He uh, um, he did it. He did it big two years ago. That's for sure. Yeah, Look, I'm in a I'm, I'm in a I'm, I'm in a I'm still I'm in a dark place. Game. Yeah, but what I'm, I'm in a dark place here. What helps us is if Colorado can stay winning because they appear to have a pretty good little offense over there. Um, they do. That thing. That thing was humming. I'll tell you the what. The main and, thing, and that's what happens, is that Harbaugh is winning, like in spite of his quarterback again, who gets better every week, like Rudock. But I'm excited for when he the quarterback's his best player, like a luck situation. But it's uh, the the defense is never going to be as good as it is this year. It's just that simple. They have all the factors in place. This for- is the year. This is the year. So my question is, can you go into the shoe and take what's yours? I think that uh, I a few before the Wisconsin Ohio State Wisconsin game, I thought there was pretty zero percent change. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Um, since then, we've won like 119 to seven. We haven't played anybody, but mm-hmm. they looked so human against Wisconsin. And now, Penn State. If you watched any of the Penn State Michigan game, they were never ever in the game. Bullied around. We ran the ball exclusively. We blew them out. Mm-hmm. And I understand the power that is a night game whiteout. Everyone going nuts in the yeah. Big Ten. I mean, countless. Championship teams have gone got that one slip up loss, and I understand how that happens. Yep. But matching up, looking at the players, we do match up with them. It's just Urban Meyer doesn't fucking lose games like that ever, and Harbaugh has yet to want to win a big game like that. So we'll see. 
I mean, we will see. It's really he hasn't beat Michigan State or Ohio State yet, so he needs he to do that not. once before erecting any statues. They, they, I'm sure they have a couple of statues over there for him already, but we're gonna see now, aren't we? When the rivalry road in the rivalry game, it's all all bets are off. The fact that the spread is fucking 24 points is just it's just out of line. It's just so out of line. But we're gonna see now, aren't we? We will. I mean, the spread is, the spread's meaningless in the rivalry game, but it, it's going based on. Here's my my fear. The worst case scenario for us is Wilton's throwing picks. Sparty gets like a pick six or or turnover or something like that. Classic Spartan early. Crowd's going nuts. They're down, maybe down longer than they should be going in the half or something. The thing is that even if they get those turnovers, the third string guy in that offense isn't going to be able to move the ball. And eventually we're going to move it. That's I. That's why I think that there's really, unless barring something drastic, they're going to win this one. We'll yeah, see. We got, we, we got to play this like a big game of blackjack. You're not going to beat the house if you sit there for four hours playing $20 hands. You got to go in there, load up 500 a hand, and you're either walking out of there right. a big winner or you're fucked. So what is this? I don't know much about this third string guy. Is he He's starting based on merit, not injury, right? Are you talking about us? Who's starting? You, the quarterback. Which one? Lewerke? Whoever's starting on Saturday. The white guy? We don't know who's starting. You know our coach doesn't say shit until the game starts. Oh, I thought the white guy was starting. I would assume that the young guy, Lewerke, yeah, he's a redshirt freshman. I would think he's going to start, you know, because O'Connor is just a bumbling idiot. That guy just does not have it. Not even close. How did he go in the horseshoe and win? It just, that doesn't make sense. Oh, because all he had to do was hand the ball off. Yeah. All he had to do was hand the ball off, hand off right, hand off left. Roll out left, roll out right. It's a couple things you had to do. They were, they were running two QBs, and uh, we were just very fortunate to have a monsoon blow into town. So, I mean, hey, you take the bounces you get, just like you are this year. It's all you can do. The yeah. fucking sh- the, the football is oblong. I just hate the one thing I do, and I hate any Michigan fan who's talking shit before this game happens. It's just not right. Yeah, these I, guys get all hopped up on the loudmouth soup, and they like to go at Old Hatch, but, do. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little, I got a little loose there. I got I got you know I sprung a leak a couple of times, but hey, it's to be expected. You need to tap Sorge in or something in those situations. Hey, I'm on a fucking island out here, and sometimes you know even uh, Patrick Peterson gets one popped on him every now and then. You know he does. Even you know even Jordan Lewis throw a random name like that gets it popped on. Oh no, he doesn't because opposing quarterbacks have a zero point zero rating against him. But that's neither here nor there. He's a he's a good player. I'll give you that. He's a good player. Okay, pretty much Shea's whole life. I don't know how long he remembers being a Spartan fan. They've been great. This has got to be his first bad season, right? This is his first, first, this bad, is his first season. bad season. What, what are yep. his thoughts and what, is, what does he think? Well, they're, they're kind of uh, in the bubble, so to say, because most of the kids he hangs out with are um, Michigan State fans. So they just kind of avoid it. And if any Michigan fans do talk any shit, they just say scoreboard and – the argument Wait, and at, at that age, when you have really, I mean, I guess you have your parents' allegiance, which which mm-hmm. goes far. But I, I, a lot of kids don't have that, so it's just you pick a team because you're little. And Martins have been doing all the winning, so I'm Absolutely. sure there's plenty of, especially at his age, a lot more Spartan fans in the area. It's like uh, eight, eight, eight out of ten right now. Yeah, to tell you the truth, they don't re- they don't know who or remember Charles Woodson or any of that shit. No, I mean, they just... Even three... That's a down year. You know, they, they deal with the Detroit Lions, so this ain't shit to them. Yeah, he's ready for it. Okay, let's, let's, let's move up a notch to the pros. 
Let's talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about the pros. Well, pros in quotes, air quotes. Um, I've been told I can't discuss Caldwell, so let's, let's yeah, keep it moving. We, can't, we we won't go there. Touchy subject. That's why uh, I've managed to keep Ken Holland off limits from my co-host thus far because he has many thoughts, all of them negative, about how Ken has run this team. But I only know two people that have pos- Actually, three people that have positive thoughts about Ken Holland. Coop. Coop J-Mac? likes Ken Holland? <laughs> yeah, he fucking loves him. Coop, J-Mac, and probably Ken Holland's oldest daughter. His wife probably doesn't even have any good thing to say about him. Guy's was a fucking t- it was funny. loser. Send me a tidbit about him trying to make a move on uh, on Truba. Jacob Truba trying to get him back here. And I would have been like, huh, man, nice move by Holland. I don't think I've said that since they signed Hasek. It's Holland's been a, a while. Holland's a goddamn moron. He's not making any moves. He, uh, okay, but... <laughs> I digress. Tell me about what's important, and that's how the energy, the vibe, the location, how are things going in Detroit before these games thus far? How many tailgates have there been? I'll tell you what. Um, I don't know, but I went to my first one, scheduling allowing, made it to my first one yeah, on saw Sunday. Thing. It was a good day. Uh, as far as the tailgates, you know, we hear about them on the Loke thread, and, uh, you know, Marcus, it's his Super Bowl every week. He loves the tailgate, and he fucking... Kills it every week. With championship intensity. The guy tailgates coast to coast, lives for the shit, and he's an all-star. As far as this weekend, you know, I uh, really didn't give the Lions any credit before the season, and I'm still not giving them any credit. They're 4-3, and haven't fucking played anybody, um, and wins they have gotten are shaky, but let's, uh, you want to talk about my man Stafford, that guy is a fucking horse. MVP. Oh man, he's it's coming. It's uh, coming. Was, is he's? I don't think there's any arguing that, especially how this season he's got the third best quarterback rating in the league. He, I mean, he's he's the best quarterback is, in the league. Is he a not top Brady. five? He's a t- top five guy, right? He's number two. He there's only one quarterback I'd rather have, and that's you know that guy. So you'd rather have Stafford than than Rodgers? Fuck no, Rodgers. No, no. I'm not talking about Rodgers. I'm talking about the other twelve. Yeah, I know, but I you're putting yes. Stafford above Rodgers. Give him, give him to me right now. <laughs> Absolutely, he's fucking firing that pigskin. God, he, he's dialed in. When you talk about if you're just having the quarterback just tossing the ball around and just mm-hmm. whipping it around, who has just the natural cannon like Matty Staff? The no guy way. was born to throw a fucking football. It's so fire clear. that fucking pigskin. You know, I believe that he was an extra in Varsity Blues. I'm not sure about that. Um, we can't either was, confirm nor deny. Inside, I think he was a stunt double for Mox. Yes. But, you know, we, we don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I sat there. It was the first game I went to this year, and I just love to watch that guy work. And, you know, it was good that Caldwell is such a fucking moron that he gave us the opportunity to see Stafford lead yet another fourth-quarter comeback victory. But that, that should have never even needed to happen. But it just hey, we watch it every Sunday. and me, That's neither here nor there. Me and Bert, we, so we have a good – I have the uh, – I have the Comcast going with the with the red zone, but he has the direct TV right next door with the individual game. So we usually spend the Lions game there and switch it up. So every time, every Lions game, we, it starts as just like the normal joke. Halfway through, whatever lead. Oh, you know, we said it exactly on Friday. Oh, 10-point lead with 10 minutes to go. How are they going to find a way to lose this one? And every the thing time of, absolutely. you go, but, but it's, it starts, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Every single time and it just comes back to bad coaching it's just true it's poor they're poorly coached i it was a simmons thing it still sticks with me at the beginning of the year they were talking about 
what are those teams, you know, that are just like, it's another year and it just seems to be that team again. And he's like, obviously starts with the Patriots because it sucks their dick. But the next is, you know, and then you got the Lions. I watch them every year. Oh, yeah, there's some talented guys. And they're penalty, penalty, bad play, bad play, poorly coached. Poorly coached, it's, poorly coached every it's year. Not, it's not just the coaching. It's because, you know, Terrell Austin is a bad man. I mean, I worked out a couple of times with that guy. Shameless name drop. Terrell Austin, yep, he knows me. My first name. Oh, yeah. So um, he's, he's fucking terrific. I mean, Cooter, he's legit. It's not just the coaches, it's the culture, and it's the same bird brain owners. So yeah. there's rumors on the streets that once the old lady croaks, they're selling the team. So until the culture changes, I mean, Rod Wood would not he, be a president for any full, other team, uh, but he can manage his team. Martha Ford is still alive in one hour. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just it's a culture, and we'll see what happens here. But my favorite thing about Stafford right now would be uh, – Earlier in his career, people were saying that he was a doughboy. No one respected him. He was just oh, a fucking pushover. Yeah, and now he's he's screaming at Golden Tate. I fucking hate Golden Tate. He's screaming at everybody, grabbing face masks, you know, out there leading. Oh, you know, he's he so looked, unquestionably the leader, and, and everyone believes in him down the stretch. He it's he looks like uh, he looks like the quarterback from uh, New England twelve, and he just goes out there and uh, is he a he who must not be named for you? <laughs> You know the fucking guy, Mr. GQ. Yeah. You know, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, he, uh, he goes out there and he leads. Balls. Yeah. Um, when they got that ball back, you know, you just knew that Stafford was either going to, you know, throw a fucking horrendous interception, twenty percent, or lead those boys down the field for the win, and that's what he did. You know, stamp but it everything official. water finds the lowest level. You just know the Lions aren't going to sustain any sort of good play any year. They. That Bears, oh my God, the Bears game. Well, I don't know. I think the Bears game was worse because I was, I was there in person, and it just to pay money to go to an NFL game, uh, the go all the stuff you got to go through, sit there through all the commercials, all the timeouts. It's so painfully long live, and it's to not even be graced with a single touchdown against the worst defense in the league. Oh, it's uh, it's rough. You know, I'm not sure Titans what. Was really bad too. In situations like that, I always have a suspicion that these teams are betting either for or against their squads, and games like that just do everything for confirming my suspicion. Oh, you're a conspiracy guy, though. I am a. I'm a conspiracy Election's guy. Election's also rigged, but we won't go there. <laughs> oh, we're not gonna. We're not gonna go there here. You know. Um, so we know our positions. We know our positions. We know, and that's why here's a couple guys who see eye to eye on eighty percent of things. The twenty percent that we don't is. Complete clash, but like America, we can come together. We can set our differences aside and have wonderful (laughs) conversation. We can. Oh, there's something I wanted to ask you. Okay. Have you you been keeping up on the catalog of Zac Efron? Of his movies? Yes. Um, I watched the Mike and Dave movie. Did you watch We Are Your Friends? No. You should probably watch it tonight. That's... uh, most my circles known as like it's uh it's bad. It's not looked upon fondly. It's because it's it's just like what oh, the world thinks there. I do. Don't go there. Don't don't be that guy. It's a fucking good movie. I no, love. it's not. It's a great movie. Everything that guy does, I love. All it takes is one track. I love that guy. Beats per minute. That's I love it. Five. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Do I'm not sorry. Be I'm Housemith. I am that guy. You're being that guy. It's it's enjoyable. The movie's fucking enjoyable, and it's okay, true. All actually, it takes is one track. All it takes is one, one track. Thing, I mean, I've watched it three times this week. Oh, my Three. God. I've, I've watched five minutes and got it off. It's against everything I stand for. 
Oh, it's it's just it's it just breaks my heart to hear you say that all these things about Zach. <sighs> Fuck. Well, well, are you Fuck. a bad grandpa guy? Uh, no, I thought that movie sucked, but I mean, so what that you talking awkward... about the catalog? You need to name three. Hey, you got he's not Keanu Reeves. There's gonna be a couple of bad ones, you know. Right, right. This awkward. Are you moment, a John Wick two terrific. guy? A who? John Wick two, Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, cannot wait, cannot wait. So I hadn't. Uh, I saw the pre. I I first of all, I heard it was badass the movie. Um, then I saw the draws the trailer for the new one that looked badass. So then I just googled. I YouTube John Wick and it says I just stumble across John Wick club scene. Oh, 10 yeah. million views or something like that. Oh, I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm strapping in for this one. That was absolutely spectacular. He killed it like was. 47 guys in the club. Just flawless, just smooth and flawless, just like the beats. Oh my God. It just, it was a different way to film it, just the way he was like, I don't know. As it's opposed, got, as it's opposed got, to taking it easy, he would go that extra step to like shoot them right in the face every time. No one got, was there. Uh, it's got Emily Ratajkowski in there, and I'm oh, telling yeah. you what, some scenes of that movie, she's hard to look at because she's so fucking hot. You have to look away. Like it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like. See, that me and movie. my friends have thought that that doing that movie was the biggest mistake of her career, and it really set her on a different path. I'm just. This is blasphemy. I cannot believe I'm hearing this right now. But oh, I'm I mean, a fucking she's DJ. I'm not gonna enjoy the DJ movie. That's fucking crap. Oh, it's it's what people think that oh, people are idiots. Don't listen to people. It's what people think the DJs are. Is that that what that movie's uh, just getting fucked up with your boys, and then it just takes one track. Bum, 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 there's so much. There's so many more layers to this onion. I'm telling you. You don't even know. You haven't even seen it. How can you make these I, well, proclamations? The five-minute scene that I saw was plenty. Oh, so you started the movie or you just dialed it up on YouTube? Uh, no, I, I just turned it on. It was, I think it was near the end. And he's, oh. like, he's like there. He's, he's making that one track, that perfect track to play. And he's out there sampling the guy that's like nailing on the roof and like, just, I just need that sample of that nail and I'm going to put it together with some soul. Put a little of yourself in the song. This just goes, I'm just, you have a, a good personal friend making a recommendation and you're shitting all over it. Oh, I, I know. I can't even believe it. It's, it's I can't tough. even believe this right now. It's tough. We'll throw that in the category with the things we can't talk about now. I but, guess so. I guess so. If you're a betting man, do you like the Spartans' odds or Donald Trump's odds better? Um, I'm going to be betting the money line on the Spartans. Betting money line? That's 21? 24. So 24. it'll be like. No, no, what's the money line? Oh, it'll be like ten to one, probably nine, eight, eight between eight and ten to one. That's a, it's a good bet. That is a good bet. So I'm going to take it and uh, just totally duck the politics and end this on a high note. <laughs> okay, good. I, well, I was ducking the politics by asking for a one word answer. That's why. Money line. Uh, the politics money line. arguments come in the explanation. I'll give you a two word answer. Money line. There we go. <laughs> money line. Thanks, Rob. All right, man, good luck uh, on Saturday, and we'll be in touch, okay? Yeah, sounds good. Say it was the right time to walk away But dreaming takes you nowhere It's time to play Body's working overtime Money don't matter Time keeps ticking Someone's on the mind Moving it.
Pure Michigan Podcast, we've got longtime friend of the program, Josh Patton, on the phone from New York City. How you doing, Patton? Buddies, good to be on. I'm good to have you on, Patton. Good to have you on. It, it's an honor. Now, he has many, many different areas of expertise, but we're bringing him primarily for his role as an all-state punter back in the high school days. What can you uh, bring sort of expertise in the chaos that's going on in both the pro and collegiate level right now? Uh, yeah, that's right. You know what? I mean, AP, Michigan sports writers, they voted me number one, baby. First team all state. They did. First team all state. <laughs> what's, what's, like what was this for? Is this Stony Creek? No, 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 no. We, oh. Rochester Adams. That's right. I knew that. I knew that. I think I've Go ahead. to mention we went to the state semis at least a little bit in every episode. <laughs> you did. No, no. It, it's been a. But I don't think I don't about know. it. I moved on. I moved on. It doesn't haunt me every day. You know, Sam was a kicker too, right? Really? Sam was a damn good kicker. Yeah. He, uh, he could hit like 45 yarders in practice and stuff like that. But <laughs> our coach didn't trust kickers. So he never kicked him, but he was, he never missed an extra point his senior year. I'm pretty sure we'll have to, we'll have to run a fact check on that. Oh, fact, check, fact checkers on it. If you go to purepod.com, we got live <laughs> fact checkers. Every time that I mentioned that I was an all-state punter, people are like, oh, dude, that's awesome. And then they don't think that I played any other position on the field besides punter. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a linebacker, too. (laughs) A linebacker on a defense that went to the state semis. And if it wasn't for, I mean, you think that this selection is rigged. You want to talk about rigged and thrown. You got fucking... The most corrupt politician of all time, not Hillary Clinton, is fucking Kwame Kilpatrick. Oh my God! Yeah, so many pictures, so many pictures with with Nick Perry after, before, and we may or may not have drawn a line to him in the ref that called back two touchdowns. It's pretty <laughs> ugly, but okay, we joked about it for years. But then he actually got brought up on bribery and racketeering, like bringing home a bringing home a, a state championship for the city of Detroit. Kind of sounds, you know. I'm not a conspiracy guy. But I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a connect the dots guy. We run this play. We bait him with the jet sweep, the classic McDoom move. Pull the pull the switch and go over the top, catching the safety creeping up. And we set up the home run play, and we nailed it twice. And both times, the ref just threw an arbitrary flag, like a legal motion. And we lo- lost two touchdowns and lost by one touchdown. And Ironically it- enough, Sam's, Sam's senior year, they lost to, like, Northwestern or something like that at Northwestern. And guess who was at the game campaigning? Really? <laughs> yeah, no joke. It all comes so we'll, we'll put an asterisk up for King's uh, state championship in 2007. Oh, and there's a major. The for Girls Point North. People <laughs> thought we were crazy, man. I mean, we, we had the whole Russell Crowe beautiful mind, like, connecting shots <laughs> with yard and stuff just going a room. <laughs> You just, there's a room in one of our basements. Yeah, undisclosed location. Well, look at him now. Where is he? Uh, well, one of them is playing for the Packers. Maybe he's doing okay. I'm a little sure my chicken weight now, but I still got the foot speed. <laughs> the Seahawks-Cardinals game, Pat, did you have a, the pleasure of seeing any of that? I didn't actually watch a lick of that game, but I saw the result, and obviously it's 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 – it wasn't good. A tie, a tie is never good in any sport. It was so. It crossed the level. The professional level. It crossed the level. It was so bad that it was good and comical. Um, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was incredible. OT was must see TV. These are professional. They don't do anything else. How do you feel, Padden, as a kicker, former kicker, current kicker, 
<laughs> that people say that there's really it just doesn't fit with the rest of the game of football. The the position of kicker. Yeah. Oh man, you know what? I heard Skip Bayless making this steaming hot take the other day. <laughs> Taking a steaming was, hot take. It's it's hilarious. I mean, it's been part of the game since day one. Am I right? It I is mean, football. Uh, duh. It's part Hello. of football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every, everybody has their specialties. You you got, you know, linemen that are supposed to block. You got the quarterback that does his job. You got the, the safety that does his it's job. It's mainly because they don't look like job. They don't look like the rest of the players. They don't look like the rest of the players. So, and, yeah, it, no. I get the sentiment that games can be won and lost on the, on the foot of a guy that's only on the field for three seconds out of the game, but it's part of the game. I, yeah. Getting rid of it would the real be like be- arena football. I don't know. Yeah, the real beauty position if you're going to be a kicker is punter. It, it's got all the perks. None of, I mean, besides Blake O'Neill, really not, no way to fuck it up. I mean, Dude, the punt, the punter is the quarterback of the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I will say, there's no going back to the the uh, you know the decrease in quality in kicking. I mean that that game was just an absolute fluke. I mean, two guys missing game winning kicks from under thirty yards that that never happened. There's a right? huge drop off to college too. Like, oh my god, that North that NC State kick shaped the whole landscape of the entire playoffs in the season. What a chip shot he had to be Clemson. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. That, but, what I, but what I was going to say was, I mean, <laughs> even though I spent hours, you know, kicking balls in the nets, you just you cannot simulate a game situation where it's on the line and the, the game is on your foot and yeah. you're in an opposing uh, team's field. And such you, got, a you know, thousands of people breathing down your neck and yelling at you in the – the game's won and lost on your foot. There's just no way to recreate that. And it just so. it's it would be a damn shame and just a damn fucking shame with the team that we have this year in Ann Arbor. We're gonna have to we're not gonna blow everybody out as much as we want to. And you're gonna have to kick the ball at some point. Gonna have to kick a clutch field goal against Ohio State, the Ohio State, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, and that would be just a shitty way. I, I, I'd like to think they got to figure out. Kenny Allen's got some momentum going. Got a couple kicks this week, right? He did, yeah. Um, you'd, about, hope that, you'd hope Quinn Nordine would come around at some point, just in case you have a backup plan. Because Kenny Allen was was money, in my opinion, last year, but he just hasn't looked the same since. Because he's got the power, but he's just not. I mean, he's shanking him left and right. Uh, you can't blame the snapper because the this, the long snapper Sipanuski or whatever his name is is a is a senior. So there's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of question marks in that kicking game. And you're right. You'd hope it doesn't come down to a NC State type play where you need a kick to beat Ohio State and you don't get it done. Yeah, my my understanding is that both of those guys are sort of injured, and um, Kenny Allen is just less injured. That's why he's been doing all the kicking duties. What are, why are their kickers so injured? <laughs> what are we doing wrong that we have injured kicker yeah. syndrome? You're on this football team, you're on this football team, you run these drills and they're just they're involved in the tackle, they'll fill contract Wednesdays. Oklahoma, <laughs> just amongst wow. the kickers. Tell me what's a more football guy move than making the kickers run Oklahoma drills? <laughs> <laughs> I could see them cutting to that when they do the documentary on the championship season, cutting to the kickers. Like, you're on a hardball football team. You got to know how to hit. And we hit, we hit every week. 
<laughs> Might not be able to kick for shit, but God damn it, I could wrap up. You're currently living in New York, living with uh, our mutual connected friend, Jenna Hart, your girlfriend. You're recently displaced from D DC to New York, so you've been out of the mitten for a while. I was wondering if, like, my hatred towards Chicago, your animosity towards these fan bases has has increased, or which one, how you feel about those two, the DC fans and the uh, NYC fans? Uh, DC, you, you just, you can't hate DC because they haven't done anything. They're <laughs> like the lovable, the lovable loser sports town, right? That being I mean, said, look, it, the fan bases don't always correspond to the teams and the DC bro fan, the it's the lax bro, self-entitled, that's the kind of guy you think of, the Bethesda fucking doucher, right? <laughs> and I think they I didn't. The, I, the DMV douchers. The DMV douchers. I guess uh, I highly doubt any of them are tuned into the pure pod, so <laughs> speak freely. But I definitely came across my fair share of DMV douchers. But you know who I'm talking about, though. The private school bro. The private school bro, but Lax the private bro. school bro only. Yeah, I lacks at Johns Hopkins. Hockey to a degree, you know. Yeah, I mean, oh, the Caps are just the worst. Oh, what? Yeah, what have the Caps done? I mean, they okay. Perfect example. They win the President's Trophy last year, so everybody's on their nuts, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is our year." You know, picked up Ovechkin or not Ovechkin? Um, got Ovechkin. What's the what's the dude from St. Louis that they picked up? Oh, uh, Oshie. EJ Oshie. Oshie. Yeah. Like, huge pickup. They're looking good. Fucking, you know, bow out in the second round like they've done for the past 18 years in a row. And it's like, on to the next, you know? Nobody's nobody's hurting from it. It's like, they don't, they don't really, they're not invested. So no. I can't really get, I can't really get mad at them. Plus, I haven't really done that, anything to Detroit. Yeah, I guess when you think about lately that, the fan base has a lot to be sad over. Another Nationals falling short. Uh, they had, I mean, the, the savior was there. And the rise and fall of uh, fucking RG3. Oh, the, my god! The rise and fall of, do you like that? <laughs> it's, uh, Dude, I came, I came like two beers close to buying a throwback RG3 jersey because I went to one of those games that season when he was when he was it was lit out there it was lit super lit and I went times to, were good times were good the, it was the pinnacle of uh, their season they were turning around I think they had just beaten the Giants on Monday night you know they were on their way to the division title oh my god yeah I mean it's, but that's what you get have never been higher when you bring in like a real, uh, you know, raw, athletic, high ceiling guy like RG three, the thing, <laughs> the thing about the high ceiling guys is they have low floors. That's what. Yeah. So uh, let's you know how it played out. Now they're especially going when you've had two knee surgeries and you don't know how to slide. Yeah. Now they're going more with the uh, the gritty first in last out kind of guy, but that's not. <laughs> yeah, he's a real gym rat, high motor, comes oh. sun type of guy. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we're talk already talking about a Spartan quarterback. Um, we've had some, uh, as we're all in-state guys, everyone has a feeling about the school from East Lansing, and it has been, their reign of supremacy started immediately with when we got there, and immediately with the Richrod era, and until now, they have dominated, but 
It looks like the tables have turned. But before we turn that page, we need to recap that the hostile environment that usually comes with the tailgates in these games because it's personal with these guys. Michigan fans cannot fucking stand state fans and vice versa. It's special, but I don't know. It's really not duplicable. I guess you don't really know as many. You hate Ohio State fans. You loathe them, but you don't have that personal connection. You don't have there's a mutual respect with Ohio State fans. Like There's a respect yeah. for each other's programs. State fans just came around five or six years ago because they decided they wanted to because they they found their winner finally. You know, hop on and off the bandwagon as you please. There's yeah. no good. There's no bad times. Only good times. That's what's infuriating about them, and that's why we don't like them. Um, I, I saw I saw the best meme on the on the on Facebook today. It was just a headstone that said "Rip." It's funny, I wanted to talk about this. It's an interesting theory I heard uh, earlier today. That the guy did the deep dive into the st stats of the rivalry and the whole the matchups over the years. And the conclusion is that both of these teams cannot be elite at the same time, and they never have been. If you look at the best indicator, you want to look at a two-year period where they played back-to-back -back years and both teams were ranked in both years. Both teams were good. You got 2010 and 2011. I mean, Michigan wasn't even good in 2010. That was the pretenders. But before that, it was 1954 and 1955. So there's just not enough wow. recruits in the area. And uh, I started thinking about, oh, that's bullshit. That can't be. But then think about when State's D'Antonio rise started immediately when we had trouble with Carr and brought Richrod on, and our whole period of demise was there exactly timed up with their rise. Um, and when you think about it now, they anyone who we want and Ohio State wants from their area of recruiting that they need to get from Michigan and Ohio in those areas, they're going to Michigan or Ohio State. They're just not going to go there. And it was different the past few years, and they got lucky. They managed to get guys, good quarterbacks, Right kind of guys. They got a fantastic coach, an unreal coordinator in Narduzzi, and it all kind of lined up perfectly. But, but Daddy's home now. Uh, Daddy's home, and <laughs> water finds its lowest point, or whatever the saying is, and it's all back. It's and it just looks like, based on how it's going, that they're not going to be able to get the recruits anymore. So I think the theory. I don't tell me what you think on the theory, Patton, because it, it seems like it's kind of making sense to me. <clears throat> Yeah, I I hadn't thought about that before, but it, I mean it makes sense. Uh, the the it couldn't have lined up any better. The the fall of Michigan, right as we you know go into our freshman year. And give them credit, give them credit. It wouldn't have happened if they didn't have D'Antonio and the right kind of like build a program based on the hatred for the rivalry and the, the, the pride comes before the fall. Sparta, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. You know, and he's over there grimacing, and it just works, which scares me a little bit because his whole reputation was built upon winning games like fucking Saturday. But uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we get into the breakdown of that, but it just seems like, what do you think, Mike? I mean, do you give any validity to the theory, or is it just coincidence? No, I, I gave validity to the theory, uh, you know, the year they lost, the one year they were, what was it, hoax? Hoke's first year when Michigan was on a roll and they were undefeated going into Lansing, I'm pretty sure. That's when Dave Brandon pulled the jersey switch but in warm-ups. They warmed up in one jersey and then came out in another one. 
and um, Denard couldn't get it done that day. And that's when I thought to myself, well, the reason why Michigan State has had success is because they've taken advantage of the mess that Rich Rod made over the yeah. last three years. That's all it is. Granted, you know, they've they've capitalized on it. They still won their Rose Bowls. They still won the Cotton Bowl. They beat Ohio State, something Michigan can't say they've done. And that's he he was the right coach at the right time. And and you gotta give them a little credit for that. But yeah, part of their rise, I think for the most part of their rise, is that they recruited well in the Midwest, in particular in the state of Michigan. Yeah. And that's that led to them having a successful program. It's it starts with your players. It doesn't matter who's your coach. Right. It matters how good your players look at look at you gotta give a little credit to Bruce. Brady Hoke for Michigan's success this year. Yeah. However, you want to think of Brady Hoke. Oregon defense looking done with good. his recruits. Brady Hoke's 2013 recruiting class was really, really good. That was his first full recruiting class that he had at Michigan. Hey guys, let's just take a moment, right, for Brady. Let's clap one out. Yeah. Big guy. Thanks, man. Yeah. Wouldn't we, be here if it wasn't for him. And that's something I'd like to point out. Covered bear. We'll say that. It, no, that's that's the perfect term. That's exactly – you stole the words out of my mouth. And I'd like to point out that, like I said, he's doing it with Hoke's recruits. And Hoke had a good class here or there. But Harbaugh's classes have been unbelievable. His 16 class was incredible. His 17 class could be the number one in the country. So if you think Michigan's yeah. good right now, imagine them in three years. How yeah, it just doesn't seem doing. like they're going to be away. And the bottom line is that they doesn't have the money or the budget to go out and get a big – Coaches and get the. What do you mean? They got fifteen million dollars from Dan Gilbert today. Oh yeah, <laughs> the the savior, Danny Brent, this, back the savior. Me. It's going to the Breslin Center though. We don't have to worry. It's well, the, the the football program. Patton. So one last thing. So you have a particular. You've got some family ties to state. Wait, who? who how do your parents root? I do. Oh, you know, they 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 pull the typical, you know, when state plays they root for state, when Michigan plays they root for Michigan. You know, they 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 got they, they got one of those stupid flags that's diagonally oh, cut down yeah. the middle. Oh god. Oh god. Rock M on it. It's too common. Brutal. Okay, say. so we'll end it on this. Your live-in girlfriend guy tips of the week. What's your go-to move in shows these days? If there's any similar like in listeners, tune in. Oh, man. Well, actually, she's been pretty good at settling uh, in the middle. I mean, I'm, 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 a, I'm a modern family guy. I'll, I'll be honest. It's, it's entertaining. It's funny. I like Jay. I do. Funny character. Because it just it occurs to me now that like if you li- live in that life, you don't have a lot of solo TV time. So the TV no, time you get is our TV time. Um, well, actually, that's not true. We're being a working from home guy. I mean, oh, I yeah. have TV on all the time. It's just, you know, two channels. Right. ESPN and then NBC Sports. So. Just a lot of, you know, a lot of porn, a lot of locker room kind of stuff going on during just the day. Just locker talk. <laughs> Tremendous <laughs> amount of locker talk. You know, you see uh, see any good pussies lately? <laughs> you grab any good pussies? Um, okay. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for coming by. I'll see you at the traditional Thanksgiving tailgate, right? Yeah, man, it's it's that's it's, the old- one, it's one of those events that you look forward to on an annual basis. You just mark it on your calendar and say, "God, you really need to get on board, Mike." If the crowd grows, yeah, up, I feel like we're gonna have to appear this year. I mean, because it's it's the thing yeah. is Thanksgiving is is rooted in traditions and family traditions. That- it's basically it, it's 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 a twenty hour bender. I learned that for it gets turned. It, it's honestly one of the most jovial experiences I've had. Just 
all of your best buds and their families, and Lions fans, being in the deep Thanksgiving, everybody brings like the, the the biggest spread of food and everything, and people are just having a great time. It remi- and it just reminds best. you because we with each year, especially us in our lives in our twenties, changing so much. Everyone spreading out, seeing each other, probably less doing everything, but coming back to join in the fanship of this Detroit Lions abysmal franchise. That's coming back, but coming back mainly for the city of Detroit, which is which is America and which lives deep within us. You know, it's it's a it's a time honored tradition that we'll do till we die. A tradition unlike any other. Unlike Thanksgiving it. in the D. Was so. What is Jenna on the couch or where are you? No, I'm in the uh, I'm in the bedroom right now. She's out still oh, watching nice. TV. Wait, bring her bring her in. Hey, yeah, you're not on. what's <laughs> going on, <laughs> buddy? Buddy, <laughs> the Hart family is pretty much as, the roots are as pure as it gets. The the Heisman blood cancels out the Notre Dame. It's a it's a wash. No, we need you as a guest picker could be because of the Heisman blood. Yeah, we got to bring you on. Wait, so it's it's not it's two season ones of the Notre Dame games. So. Eight, 18, 18. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I wish it was next season. <sighs> yeah, they really boned us. I wish it was next season. Yeah. We would lose. We, we got Ken Bone for sure. <laughs> we got Ken Bone. They really, uh, the Catholics up there really took us into a, a quiet confession area and really boned us. No. <laughs> They're solely responsible for the for one week. We thought Michigan State was good. <laughs> oh shit! That, that false hope they gave Spartan fans. Oh, I know. One last. One last pride before the, the ultimate fall. <laughs> was, that, was that the same week? Before the big fucking fall, ten years later. And we didn't see it coming when they barely beat Furman. <laughs> we have. Did, did you do Narcos? Um, we started and we, we moved to Piggy. So Lager. let me tell you about, because you were saying, uh, I think Patton was, it's the only person I know to hate on Narcos. Narcos season two, oh, it's more of the same, more of the same. First of all, have some patience for some story development. Second of all, I agree. It is without a doubt the most underrated love story of all time. Tata, the most ride or die bitch ever to live. It gets me choked <laughs> up about it. And watch her with your girl and talk. She is in it. You got the American girl ditches her man and runs back, but she is fucking. I'm with you until oh, the fucking bullets at the end. She's me. amazing. I hate her. She's you, like a little bitch to everyone else, and her husband sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, but she's ride or die. Wait, I think I hated her last season too. But you really, last season also. But you really get the ride or die mentality. I would give it a chance, but we just were like, all right, we need to, we need something to get us. Really I'm saying good. maybe uh, just talking about us personally, the Tata and pa- and Pablo love story is is top notch. Also. Yeah, that's good. And Westworld is good. I don't know if you've. Seen what about Stranger Things? Do you, have you guys done Stranger Things yet, Jenna? Yeah, we did. We loved oh, it. Absolutely. Stranger I Things. Mean, Incredible. That's good. So, so you got quickly. You guys are talking about benders over Thanksgiving weekend. Wait, Jenna and I had possibly the biggest bender of them all. Fly in. We did. You know, we did the Wings game Wednesday night. Thursday mornings, obviously the tailgate for the 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 Lions game. Go from tailgate to Thanksgiving Day with your family, like any normal, you know, human yeah. American, decide to pull the trigger on Thursday night to, or no, I'm sorry. Friday night. Gobble wobble Friday night in Vietnam. Yeah. 
get an ear to the ground for some extra tickets to the Michigan Ohio State game on Saturday. It was one of the purest weekends ever. And I had the same weekend. Everything was the same except for I woke up covered in urine Saturday. <laughs> so it was just uh, who went harder? It's tough to say. That, um, that Monday getting back to New York was, I, I felt like I got run over by a bus. It was. But we did, rough. we did wings, lions, wolverines, and a charity gala. <laughs> All right. Well, love you, buddy. I'll see you soon. Yeah. See you, boys. See you, guys. Bye, Baby loves me. Yes, yes, she does. All oh, the girls out of sight, yeah. Says she loves me, yes, yes, she does. Mm, gonna show me tonight, yeah. She got the way to move me, cherry. She got the way to prove me. She got the way to prove me, cherry, baby. She got the way to prove me. All right. All right. Thanks a lot from Rob and Josh. Great time. They uh, hopefully will be recurring guests, longtime friends of the podcast. Good to see the different perspectives there. So what our final thoughts, what do you think needs to happen to get out of and this uh, game with a win on Saturday? You, you got to think the Michigan defense, I mean, I think it's safe to say that they're not going to falter. That's, that's one thing I am certain of. And especially they're they're gonna they're gonna sink their teeth into what Michigan State is throwing out offensively. I was watching, so I saw some tweets from uh, from Ace and Bender from the MGo blog on Twitter talking about how disorganized Michigan State's offensive line is. Even coming out of timeouts, they're getting poor quarterback play. They can't run the ball. So I one guarantee I'm gonna give is that Michigan's defense is is gonna do their part. It's just a matter of how good Michigan's offense will be. And uh it's that'll be the X factor going forward in every game. Like I said, on paper, you like their chances, but you don't truly know until you see what state team runs out of the tunnel on Saturday at noon. It's on a it's gonna be a bit of a shock to the system because these are not the Spartans that ran off in jubilation last year getting a win. They're not the Spartans that dominated us on the line and at the line of scrimmage the last few years. It just it doesn't look like the same team. It's amazing that they're coming up one year off, a few games removed from a playoff appearance. But as as Rob touched on, it's the one major thing that they need to do is he needs to D'Antonio's a great coach and he needs to realize that it's a business first, and he needs to cut ties with some of these coordinators that have been there for about 10 years that are just not deserving. I agree with him there. But their offensive play calling, they got two guys doing it, is disarray. And they're just very outborgeous of them calling plays that don't fit the personnel. They don't have a guy who can make NFL throws, and they keep forcing him to do it. Um, it's just so weird to see this team that was always just like had this – tough chip on their shoulder, badass kind of get pushed around like this. And, you know, back to the keys, as you were talking about the one thing, all they need to do is weather the initial storm because something might happen. We'll be all jazzed up. This is what D'Antonio makes his money on. They'll come out ready to play at least, I think. And maybe something goes wrong. They just have to be patient, stick to the running game, pound it down their throat, bring the pressure. They're not going to make it out of their life. And the one thing that they were talking about on a podcast earlier is that 
there's no evidence to support the theory that if a big Harbaugh will take the foot off the gas in the least. No, there's there's no chance. Like, we've, we've talked about this in the past. They see everything that everyone says about them. They see it. I Jordan Lewis saw when John Reschke tweeted, uh, you know, 90 plus days ago, 100 days till they're locked in our stadium again. Oh, just the law. 16 minutes. Why would you ever do that? Reschke, of course, has since deleted the tweet. And they see everything that the Spartan players say about them. They, they hear what D'Antonio says. He was talking a lot after the game last year from what I heard on the field. And Harbaugh sees that, and he knows he ha- he's. It's it's not a matter of taking your foot off the off the gas. He's got to look good to get into the playoff, and he's got to look like, hey, we just went into East Lansing and beat a team, even if they're bad, that was in the playoff last year and beat, got over a hump that we haven't been able to get over. I look at Rutgers, and I don't call that running up the score because if you remember what two years ago when they went to East Lansing, uh, D'Antonio went up went for it on fourth and goal or on fourth and. Yeah, I think it was fourth and goal just to get the backdoor cover, just so Michigan State could cover. And that was a, a sign. Of course, that was the game Joe Bolden, I think, stuck the planted the flag or planted a knife at the at the 50 yard line. But still, if they could do it, you got to assume that all those kids that are seniors remember that happening to them and they're going to want to do the same. And, you know, Harbaugh is definitely going to want to do the same. Oh, absolutely. He has all plenty of motivation to do it. I and mean, he's got the bad. They can say it's not a factor all they want, but they got the taste in their mouth from last year. For sure. They, they know it. They, they, they see everything. They've been waiting for this for 54 weeks and they're going to be so fired. up. Now, what I'm anxious to see is if, if, and when they're running up the score, D'Antonio is definitely the guy that takes something like that personal. That is how he, he made his money, how he got that attitude there. If they run up the score, he will take it personally. And you wonder if that'll light a new flame in him because he kind of has to start from scratch with building that team. Um, he's got a big bonus if he stays around till 2020, if he makes it that long. Um, you think? Do you see him jumping ship before then? Um, well, my thing is, I think he's got a two-year time frame. I agree that the coordinators have to go. I don't think it's that easy unless they somehow finish without wins. So I think he's safe this year. I think if they repeat the performance next year, it, it would be bad for D'Antonio. Then he would for sure be on the hot seat. And then probably two years. So 2019, I could see him going by 2019. Yeah. yeah. But But they would have to continue on the pace they're on. And I don't, I think they'll be significantly better that next year personally, but yeah, if they, if they continue doing this, if they start out two and five to start the year, then yeah, I, I could see him not making it to 2020. So do you, uh, is the game plan to try to run it against one of the most fearsome defensive lines in the country with a weak offensive line and not very good running backs, or are you trying to throw it against a pair of cornerbacks who have a combined Stribling and Lewis 0.0 quarterback rating against him um it's a pick your poison here i it's not good choices um for them i don't know what are you what are you telling your team yeah if if you can run the ball successfully you'd think they'd stay in the game but michigan's defensive front is still the their d line is still the best in the country so like what pick your poison like you said i'm not throwing the ball i'm trying to run it as much as possible trying to grind down Michigan's defensive line and their front seven as much as possible, 
for as long as I can just to keep my team in the game. Yeah, those are the, and that's actually those are the top two keys. I have one: weather the storm. Two, just run the ball, pound it. But what I'd also three, what I'd like to do, I don't know how much of a key it is to win, but what I'd like to see is get quick early touches to the vastly superior athletes. I'd like to see a quick early Peppers touch and a quick early Jake Butt touch. Those He's bringing the Peppers package out for bring sure. The Peppers pack, wheel it out, show this is the kind of athlete that we get that you don't have. And I'm going to go on the record right now. Jake Butt could have a could have a massive game considering how, I mean, John Reschke's out. They're they're the top linebacker. Uh, Riley Bull is is Riley the current incarnation of the Bulla family that's back there right now. <laughs> Either way, I don't know which Bulla it is. And we've but, talked about it before. First podcast. It's the weakest secondary they've had in, in many yeah, years and, and since since D'Antonio's gotten there. Definitely, but in particular the linebackers. I think that that both. Both um, Bunting and and uh, Jake Butt are going to tear up the the linebacker core. That's in the passing game. That's where the most success is going to come is from the linebackers or from the the tight. Excuse me, the tight ends, not the linebackers. Absolutely. Well, you know, I and I reiterate to close on this one last time that there should be no Michigan fans saying absolutely anything until there are four zeros. Yeah. Agreed. We've learned our lesson, right, after last year. Yeah, we, survived, last year. we survived this game, then we'll talk next time about the, the status of the team and tripping out. Yeah, you, we have we have 364 days or, you know, whatever it is to talk shit, but you got to win the game first. So let's get there. Let's let's do our best this weekend and hope the Maize and Blue come out with a W. Oh, we need it. We need it. Okay. Final, the closing heat, the topic that's uh, at the forefront of our minds. I have heard some fantastic feedback and reviews from a breakdown of the futuristic strike zone and the robots in the future. And right along that note, robots and where we're going, hottest new show on TV, Westworld. I hear you're a fan. I Westworld. I do. If you're not Westworld, you're doing it wrong. It's the first. Now, it's a whole different can of worms that we won't touch at all right now that I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. But I haven't had that Sunday program when you're sick of shitty NFL football and you don't really want to watch Cardinals play whatever on Sunday night. It's great to have that show to look forward to. And this thing, it really is an incredible concept. I mean, do you want to go give the brief overview what what's going on? And then I'll, I'll have some questions to ask you about where it's going. Yeah, so Westworld... We don't have the specifics on some parts. We don't even know if it takes place on Earth or when it takes place, but we're going to assume it's in the future, and it's about an artificial intelligence kind of world, and it's kind of based off the Wild West, which is why they call it Westworld, where a bunch of very realistic robots are in kind of a role play. And by very and realistic, they are, to the naked eye, indistinguishable from humans. Yes, to touch everything. Like, they feel the same. They sound the same. They look the same. They smell the same. And um, they're in a Wild West universe. And real human beings can pay, can pay to go and super live within the universe and do whatever they want. They could kill people. Uh, they can have sex with all the women. Um, they can go on adventures. They should. They could rob banks. They could do whatever the hell they want. It is at the, at its core. You literally get to go and live in GTA. Do whatever you want. Open. You can go. You can go play little stories and missions if you want, or you can just go rogue and fuck around and try to get some stars. 
live in GTA, but like in John Wayne's universe, like yes, exactly. the Wild West a hundred years ago. And it's just such an unreal concept. Your mind can't help but wonder how awesome that would be to literally. And the key concept I'm not sure if we mentioned is that you, the guest in this world, this dream world amusement park, really amusement park, they can't be hurt. So even though they're getting in, they're going on these crazy shootouts and gunfights and fucking whatever they want to do, they can't be harmed. None of the guests can be harmed. Um, and all of the, the robots obviously can. But the obvious theme, the obvious development going on is that they're, the robots aren't really just machines and they're developing some sort of consciousness. That's the obvious. Yeah, we should, we should probably disclose. This isn't much of, this, of a spoiler, but the robots aren't supposed to know that they're robots and that their life is just fake and all that. But some of the robots in the show are starting to pick up off of the concept that they they might have consciousness. They're having flashbacks and they're remembering things. Specifically, you know, if you're a robot and you get shot every night, you get your brain blown out every night, you don't want to remember that if you were a human being. But some of these robots are starting to remember that they get raped and that they get murdered. It's very interesting. Now, I'm going to cut it off right here. This is the official spoiler alert. If you're planning on watching the show from this point forward, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. All the Westworld watchers, keep stay with us. Thanks, guys. Okay, so <laughs> while we have that base, the base knowledge, and it's obvious that they're developing this consciousness, they're getting longer and longer memories and stuff like that. It's really cool, really high-level stuff. Some basic questions arise well, first of all, the first thing we always ask is, is it cheating on your spouse if you're fucking a robot, or is it no different than a vibrator? Man, these are different kind of robots, but I, I would say no. It's not cheating. No, it's a I robot. I would say no right now. Because it technically is feel. just a bunch of its machines and computers, and they dip it in the big... In the in the milk, that milky stuff, <laughs> the vat of milk, which must be the most expensive material in the world. I'll get into the economics questions I have of it, but it's it's crazy. It depends. I don't know everyone's different in this sort of thing. The problem is, is that you're not going to fall in love with a vibrator, and falling in love seems to be like a very possible thing to do, especially with Dolores. Um, it kind of seems like our uh, main protagonist there might be falling in love with Dolores. Yes. So, so I did a brief. Up to, it's up to them. To I'm not a huge Reddit Reddit show kind of guy, but I was encouraged to go check out uh, some unbelievable comments and theories and stuff. But basically, the schools of thought because a lot of people, the two main guys, it's their names are escaping me, but you know who I'm talking about. You got the guy. Yeah. Just in it to fuck and kill and shoot, and then the guy who has connected the to the characters and and all that. Two vastly different schools of thought and how you feel about those guys. And the one guy made a great comparison. I forget what I was listening to today. That he's like, if you there's definitely people out there that would get a GTA or whatever kind of video game, and that they, they would only play it like the right way. They wouldn't. Strive and just do that. Like you got to do your missions. You got to do that. Get caught up in the world. Do the stories, and that's just the kind of person you are. But the other point is, you're paying forty thousand dollars a day 
and he's just getting drunk and getting fucked up and shooting shit and, and fucking whoever he wants. That's kind of what you pay for. Um, I don't it's know. It's a great analogy too. It's it's a it's a great analogy, but another great point by some redditor is that. But the problem with that guy is he's not just a dick to the robots. He's also just like a shitty person to the real human being too. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure what kind of a guy you would be. First of all, how do you feel about those two guys, and what kind of a guy are you going to be? In the so show? my uh, my favorite or the the character the two characters that I'm most curious about are uh, Ed Helms or what's his yeah. name Ed Harris's character. Ed Harris, yeah. Ed Harris is uh, I, like I don't I don't understand what he's up to. Obviously, that he's trying to find the maze and crack everything. But and a little on that note, on that note, is a little bit revealed. He's obviously because if he's just staying indefinitely in a forty thousand, eighty thousand dollar a day. Now we don't know how far in the future it is, but he's it was revealed by you know one guest. One he's he's a huge mover and shaker in the world. Something someone famous like like one guy came up to him like at the campfire like. Oh my God! Like your your paper and this like changed my life. I'm like, dude, if you talk to me again, I'm on fucking vacation. I will kill you. Um, <laughs> he's badass. He's looking for answers, answers that the real world don't have for him. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty. And then because they Anthony have all these Hopkins have character this, too. This Anthony whole... Hopkins character took a turn this week on uh, on Sunday's episode. Like yeah. now, I want to know what he's up to. The creator, he's up oh, to yeah. some shit. And he kind of looks a little shady now, so I want to see what he's up to. I think the the real world plot is more enticing than what's going on in Westworld. Like I I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. It's, yeah, it's and also very curious. Great, great to know. I wonder how, and no one really knows how much everybody knows. Like, does everyone know about? There's no way the whole company knows about this maze, right? That's like a deep pile, no. thing, right? And do they know like the little quirks built in? Like obviously the little, the little um, Mexican or Indian girl has like she can like break code and like refer to the maze and like yeah she's cheat codes she, she yeah the unlocking stuff like that and like this whole alternative storyline with the with the snake tattoos and all that like where have they been in this world? Is it that big? Um, few. The theories I'm, I'm looking most at is they keep referring to this Wyatt guy um, as, like, the unknown yet great bad guy. A few guys have referred to him. That Teddy character is hunting him down. He's, like, the biggest, baddest, meanest dude, right? They've referred mm -hmm. to him times. Yeah. He's Here, got the biggest bounty attached to it. Yeah, we don't know what he looks like. I think he could possibly be one and the same with the co-creator Arnold. That I believe is not dead and maybe just kind of like living in the game. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe he got into the game and never left. Kind of like a Matrix type thing. Why would you leave? Why would you leave? Oh, I just my biggest flaw. I don't know how any of them ever walk past that one prostitute that is so damn hot and <laughs> just says nah. The one with the big eyes. I'm re-upping every time on her. <laughs> I'll pay the. You know, you know who my favorite was. When in the second episode or the third episode, whenever it was, when we were introduced to the the current protagonist, who of oh, course yeah. both of us don't know his name. Remember the girl that like introduces him to everything. I forget. Takes care of everything. Like, I'm here. Yeah. Whatever you want. I liked her. Should I stay and help you get undressed, or would you like to stay in here and be a homo? Um, <laughs> but he, he's locked in, and that. So he's doing. He's being a bit of a pussy, mainly because he has like a, a fiance or something, right? 
Yeah, I think he's just getting his feelers out. Like, I think he wants the experience to be as real as possible. Right. He he finally he he, he killed some motherfuckers. He was finally pulling the trigger, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see where it, it just. The episode before last lost me a little bit. It was one of the slower. I was like, oh man, are they really? It did. I fell asleep through the 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 one before. Wasn't sure where they were gonna go, but there's a lot of ways to go. You got. The main black dude who has the side project with Dolores, who really seems to be... She's definitely, like, the farthest along. Well, her and, and the black prostitute seem to be... Maybe like, they're robots. Maybe maybe some of the humans that work on that programming team, maybe they're ro- robots, actually. You know? Like, we don't know. Like, we don't know who's real and who's fake at this point. And the ultimate high-level question is, what is consciousness? Like, the fact that... You can have doing things that you're not programmed to do, I guess, is just advanced computer or like some of her responses that are based on combining life experiences with memories. That's consciousness, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And if they have life experiences and they have memories, like who's to say they're not as real as we are? So what do you think the, the main new, thing? They could feel the, emotions. The new secret narrative that the main guy's been working on. Yeah, I, that that uh, that uh, Anthony Hopkins character's been working on, like the creator thing. Is it perhaps that is is the maze like? I picture the maze being like. Did you see Ex Machina? I did see Ex Machina. Yeah, I love like the maze could be like the test for consciousness. It's like the only way to find out or something like that. I don't know. I uh, guess no. yeah, it could be. Tune into Westworld. Tune into the game in East Lansing this weekend. Thanks a lot for listening to the PeerPod. We'll be back soon, Bucks. Thanks, Mike.